Welcome to Blabber and Crap with Ian Richardson, the weekly podcast about everything and nothing. If you're new to this show, and I hope there are some new listeners there, uh, please let me introduce myself. Uh, my name is Ian Richardson. I am 40 years old. I am from the northeast of England, the beautiful coastline. Uh, originally from a place called Easington Corry, um, which, if anyone's familiar at all with the film Billy Elliot, yeah, that's where that's where Billy Elliot was shot. Uh, lovely little mining uh, colliery, which I'm very proud of. Um, the same place as the lovely Matt Baker from, uh, or formerly from BBC's uh, The One Show uh, hails from. Um, we weren't uh, sort of peers. Um, I believe he's he's a few years older than me. Um, and this podcast will be hopefully weekly. Um, I am a bit anarchic with uh, the order of things. Uh, I think, where are we without chaos? You know, we have to have a, we have to allow a little bit of chaos into our lives, don't we? To liven things up a little bit. Um, I, as a day job, I work in special education um, with young adults uh, with additional needs. Um, I have done for the last approximately eleven years. And it's a very rewarding job. I enjoy it very much. Um, I get a lot of pleasure from it. Um, every day is a challenge, and every day presents itself with a fresh set of challenges and a fresh set of goals to achieve. Um, very rewarding, and uh, the whole day is fantastic as well. Um, really are fantastic. No weekends, no bank holidays, and holiday every six weeks uh, really that's uh it's the ideal job uh, for a lazy person such as myself um i do like a good sit okay as i say i am 40 years old i am from the northeast of england i'm not a geordie um if you think i am you're very much mistaken uh, i am in fact if anything um a pit yakker okay so one who hails from a mining colliery okay that's me uh pit yakis used to be more unique than they are now in terms of uh dialect uh pit masic so we had our own we had our own unique dialect at one point um it's not really it's not really the case anymore um kind of died out um over the last few generations um now you probably just re- you probably realized okay if you are listening um there is no script here okay it is just me uh, talking about anything that uh, happens to be on my mind. Um, I have a vague idea of what I'd like to talk about, uh, but other than a vague idea, nothing's written down, nothing scripted. I think there's more a magic in things that are just formulated on the spot. Yeah, I think if you write things down, uh, it becomes too formulaic, it becomes too laboured. Um, I think to keep it fresh, just... Oh, reel off anything that's on your mind. Yeah, and there's all there's always something. There's always things to talk about. Uh, now I, I will be eventually. I've been threatening this for some time because I have done podcasts in a previous format, uh, but this is a brand new format for me, a brand new app um, for me. Um, I have previously uh, flirted with the idea of having guests uh, on the show some weeks which i still intend to do at some point and um, so far has just been me um it is difficult 
to get uh, people to kind of commit to a certain time and a certain day uh, you know which i respect people have busy lives um it doesn't uh, revolve around me um despite what i may think sometimes um so it is just me uh, at home and uh, these are in my bedroom um, so I'm currently lying on my sofa. Uh, not sofa, you don't have a sofa in the bedroom, do you? How big's your bedroom? Uh, bed, even. So it is just me lying on my bed, thinking, thinking out loud. Okay. What I was mainly thinking about this podcast, about the idea, the germ of the idea, is that normal people no matter how normal, no matter how humdrum and ordinary their life seems to be or appear to be, have at least one thing that's extraordinary about them. And the miracle of technology, as it is today, allows everyone to have a platform. Yeah, everyone, everyone has the platform to be allowed their 15 minutes. Like Andy Warhol says, everyone's going to be famous for 15 minutes and it's so much easier now. You know, anyone, anyone with a phone has a voice, has a platform, which I think is rather wonderful. I don't expect really anyone to be listening, um, other than a select few people. Um, but if you are, if you're someone, I know how these things work sometimes. It's like, it's like uh, when you spend time on YouTube, isn't it? And you suddenly, you know, you go on looking at videos of men falling down holes in the ground, and then you end up watching, you know, some kind of, science fiction tv show that you thought about last thought about 10 years ago at least and you fall down that hole and if you know if you do fall down a hole and you end up uh, upon my little show how wonderful stay for a while yeah see if if, uh, if we've got anything anything worth saying anything worth you what are you sticking around for hopefully i will hopefully i will I mean, this has been a trying time, in particular, and I mean, we keep, you know, we keep even the phrase "unprecedented times," but they really are. Um, I thought, I have thought many times uh, over the last few days, is this some kind of dream that we're all having? This some kind of collective dream that we're all experiencing? And we're all going to wake up. Is it going to be like an episode of Dallas? Is are we just going to suddenly emerge out of the shower? Yeah, and having all the sun been this horrible dream um one would hope so unfortunately i'm not sure life works like that um but it just it's funny how things evolve isn't it um without i'm not saying not going to name names not going to describe any sort of circumstances in detail but i remember before all this began uh before you know covid uh 19 hit hit this country um and a student who watches the news obsessively um but unfortunately this person can't discern what's the truth and what's just rumor and what's just hyperbole here so they just take everything all this information they just take they just input all this information in the brain and they just become scrambled by it, so confused and frightened as to what's happening in the world, because let's say they can't discern what's going to happen from what is speculation, 
and it's frightening it's frightening for them um and i can remember this person saying to me we're not going to get this are we and i think at the time it was just still just in china and uh you know it was the wrong thing to say i must admit um and i should have been more open and honest about it um but to make this person feel better i said oh of course no chance there's no chance we're going to get it. there's no chance we're going to get it it's all the way in china yeah it'll die out it'll die out uh viruses just die out they just burn themselves out they burn so bright and then they burn themselves out and fast forward a month where are we now uh i haven't obviously i haven't seen this person for quite some time uh but i i hope they're coping i hope they are i hope everyone's coping um, I think people cope in different ways. Uh, alcohol sales have increased dramatically. Um, yeah, uh, well, alcohol retailers are doing rather well uh, during this uh, this lockdown. Uh, I think they're hoping that'll be extended for for a little bit more, uh, further. Uh, it's nice, I suppose. It's nice some businesses are still thriving. Um, alcohol is not my particular coping mechanism, uh, but I do enjoy good whiskey. Uh, from time uh, to time sometimes enjoying a little bit too much uh, it depends it depends on the situation depends on how i'm feeling at the time <laughs> but again this podcast is going is about ordinary people yeah ordinary people no matter how mundane and ordinary their lives appear to be always have something extraordinary about them or always incapable of of producing something producing extraordinary things or doing extraordinary things at least once in the life at least once and it's amazing the things you find out about people uh, i've talked about my family um i have a pretty unremarkable a lovely very loving but we're pretty unremarkable uh pretty normal normal working people uh yeah you have this odd now and again this odd extraordinary thing that you hear uh on mother's side of the family on mining people you know work down the pit uh you know hard hard graft really hard physical labor um not particularly well paid uh, but honest decent labor honest decent people um my grandfather uh charlie was in the war was a world war ii veteran uh fought in north africa uh an apprentice tailor but what i find interesting so he's an apprentice tailor before the war or so he's apprenticed he print apprenticed to a tailor um because he didn't want to go down the mine like the rest of his friends he wanted to plow his own path be a little bit different um but you know a lot of I, I i kind of sympathize with that as well a lot of people feel the same you don't want to be the same as all your friends you want to play plow your own path you want to do be your own person so he didn't want to go down the mine so he was apprenticed to a tailor uh got signed up called away to fight for a few years came back home and when he came back home uh the tailor who's apprenticed to had unfortunately passed away so he ended up down the mine i don't know if this counts as irony or not uh but he then died at the age of 42 and uh, down the mine 
or the place he didn't want to end up at, he ended up at, and it killed him. But he was an extraordinary man for his time. Um, extraordinary, but also very normal. Uh, hard working, loved his family, uh, cared and provided for his family. But he liked to write. He was quite sensitive for. Uh, he was quite a sensitive man for his time. Very well kept, very well kept rather, uh, well groomed, always wore a suit, it's always clean, tidy, his hair was always immaculate, because uh, we've got plenty of old photos, uh, obviously um, he's 42 when he died, which was in 1961, on uh, Boxing Day 1961, uh, but he liked to write, my grandfather, he, uh, he had a novel in him, which a lot of people do, yeah. Maybe just the one, but he definitely did. Um, when years, years after he died, uh, after my grand died, after his his, his wife died, um, looking through his the house, um, had to clear a house out when it was sold, uh, going through our possessions, and we found a trunk, and it belonged to Charlie, my grandfather, um. And it was an old army sort of locker thing, yeah. That they would keep the thing, they would keep the stuff in. Obviously, when he was demobilized, he took that home with him as some kind of souvenir. And we found we found extraordinary things. It really it made me feel like I knew him uh, better. You know, felt like I I've been through his letters uh, to my grandmother I was. Uh, because she didn't, she didn't want to marry him before he went away to war, because she didn't want to be a war widow. Oh, sounds a bit harsh, um, but I suppose it's an incentive just to spur you on to to come home. Um, so they sent each other letters, uh, quite frequent correspondence, uh, pictures. Uh, there's pictures of him in the desert, uh, looking handsome, uh, in these army fatigues. I think I think they call them uh pictures of yeah just pictures of him basically um and nice and that lovely letters very very sentimental very loving very caring very kind um and also amongst these letters which you would expect a court and couple away from each other you'd expect some kind of correspondence like that but we also found notebooks with uh short stories in them um i mean i won't mention them in too much detail because it is quite personal uh but share this whole new light on him um he wasn't just a miner he wasn't just a working man he wasn't just the fellow who went down the pub on a sunday uh and watched football and he had this kind of artistic side to him as well I just kind of I fleshed out his character a little bit because I've heard things about him over the years from people who knew him. Most of him are dead now, unfortunately. Uh, and mostly it was how much of a gentleman he was. And uh, ladies who used to work in the pit canteen who would serve him food. Used to uh, used to, see, used to, used to see them in the street years afterwards. And they would say what a gentleman he was. And he was one of the few people there who said please and thank you. Um, you know, which was really nice. But it didn't really give you any clue as to actually what he was like uh, as a person. But then you read his letters. You saw his beautiful, beautiful handwriting. And then he had beautiful cursive handwriting. 
uh, and he just thought, yeah, I'd fleshed them out, made them more of a person. So that was something extraordinary about a very outwardly a very normal person. This beauty, this the the, the creative side, the short, these all these wonderful stories that he wrote, and he wrote some of them for my mother when she was young as well. Uh, and then very recently, um, very recently I found out that uh, my auntie, well she's not really my auntie, she's my cousin's three times removed, for simplicity's sake, I will say auntie, uh, is transcribing a series of tapes that her father made um, on a very primitive uh, voice recorder uh, because he liked to uh, make stories up for his kids and uh, he recorded them on a tape for prosperity uh, and that was my uncle Tommy not my uncle really uh, but there's a very complicated uh, family tree situation so for, again for simplicity I'll call me uncle um, he was he was roughly he was, he was maybe 10-15 years younger uh, than my grandfather um, so he's right and he's around a bit longer as well because unfortunately my grandfather died prematurely as I say he was only 42 years old when he died Tommy was in his 80s so he's around for a long time um, I vaguely remember him when I was a when I was a child, uh, when I was very very young, um, and he liked to he liked to make up stories for his children. He didn't write them down, he just made them up, just in his head. And when they were gathered on night, he would he would tell them stories. And someone had this idea of recording them, so we got his voice on tape. Uh, but unfortunately, the quality of uh, the tapes is kind of reduced a lot over the years uh, to a point where they're practically unplayable so we had my auntie's been transcribing them okay whilst they're still whilst they're still playable so we can we can keep them going and keep his memory going a bit longer uh one thing i do remember about tommy and my uncle tommy so i would never i would never call him tommy it's always my uncle tommy uh so it's you know respectful title he played father christmas every year in the village church hall for all the local children and do you know what until i was an adult i never actually knew as my uncle tommy it was remarkable because he's a very thin man he's very short very thin had slicked back black hair uh, and he played santa claus and he was a wonderful santa claus he was avuncular, he was jolly, he was fat, uh, and I had no idea for, well, you know, for a long time. Uh, no idea that it, that loves me Uncle Tommy. And I said, how do you know? He had, how do you not know? He had the same eyes, he had the same smile, he had the same face. Don't know, maybe I just wanted to believe. Maybe I just wanted to believe that strongly uh, that I just refused to believe that loves Tommy. I don't know. Uh, but as I say, ordinary people have an extraordinary lives. Yeah, I mean, I do. I live a very normal life, very boring life, really. Uh, there's nothing much to it. I do enjoy a good sit. 
I do enjoy a good sit a lot more than most people, I imagine. Um, this whole lockdown situation really plays to my strengths. Um, it's not for nothing that uh, my friends have called me the lockdown prince, uh, you know, and I've agreed entirely with it. Uh, I hope, again, actually, I hope everyone else is coping uh, with this lockdown. Hopefully, it'll be over very soon. Um, I'm suggesting weeks rather than months. I'm sure I saw something in the news uh, that the open schools are going to go back in June, which isn't too far away. Uh, I myself, I'm not quite sure. That's uh, up in the air. It's a little bit up in the air at the moment. Um, there was a suggestion that I may not be back till September, which seems like an awfully long time away, I'll be honest with you. And it doesn't do much for your creativity, uh, this whole sort of process. Um, I read something the other day, actually, that really kind of stuck with me. Um, and I was going to do an article about stress. And how you know you may be feeling, you may be feel, you may have days where you feel that you can't get out of bed, or you don't get dressed, you don't get washed, and basically it's not, that isn't a failing on your part. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. It's stress, and it's stress brought on by. I'm going to say it, unprecedented times, so we shouldn't feel guilty stress I uh, don't feel you know if you have a if you have a duvet day um, you're allowed yeah as long as it doesn't become weeks at a stretch I think as long as you can as long as at some point you can get back to normality get back into a routine if you lose it for a few days well who cares who's judging you because everyone's in the same boat that's a great thing about the current crisis in a way that it's a leveler no matter what your position in society, no matter if you're wealthy, if you're poor, if you're struggling, if you're not, everyone's experiencing the same thing. Yeah? Restrictions apply to everyone. And it is a great level, it's a great reminder that we're all in it together. Yeah? Uh, and we'll, well, that's how we should have been thinking anyway, that we're all in this together and we all need to help each other out. Yeah? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I find myself a little bit disappointed in humanity, and then other times, really surprise me, and I'm quite joyous. Uh, oh, look at this! That poor old army captain that's been in the news recently uh, is Captain Tom, ninety-nine years old, and raised uh, over twenty million pounds for the NHS. Extraordinary man! Extraordinary man! Extraordinary times, but extraordinary man. Uh, but alternatively, is it really sad that it takes someone to, someone to do something like that, a 99-year-old man to do something like that, to raise money for the NHS that we need? The fact that it needs this, that kind of money, is really sad. It's really, really unfortunate that our, uh, that our staff, that our people who look after us, people who take care of us don't have the facilities or the resources that they need really sad but that has become a little bit political and I'm not really a person who likes to dabble in politics to be honest it's best left for people 
a lot cleverer than I am. Um, definitely, yeah. And and politics can divide people as well. I've known sort of friendships to crumble because of differences in political allegiances. Um, at the end of the day, they're all self-serving. Yeah, they're all in it for the for the wrong reasons. Um, and we just have to make the best of any situation we find ourselves in. Now, I'm going to call it a day now, okay? Uh, I just want one thing I'd like you to leave, I'd like to leave you on, one note, is that we're all capable of extraordinary things. All of us. None of us are that ordinary. None of us are mundane. We all have it in us to make, to create, to achieve extraordinary things. Okay, now this has been Plapper and Crap, and I have been Ian Richardson. I hope you've enjoyed my company. I've certainly enjoyed yours. Until next time, please take care of yourself. <laughs>